Listening to All In, a women's sports podcast on WFUV Sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome into All In, a women's sports podcast. I'm Annabelle Watson, joined with Julia Moss and Maddie Bamonte on this unseasonably warm fall day. It's a very nice day outside. Julia and Maddie, how are you guys feeling today? I'm feeling great. It's always a highlight of my week doing All In, so I'm very excited to be here. Getting close to Halloween weekend, very excited, oh, and had a yeah. just a, a crazy NWSL week as well. So I'm just like incredibly excited to talk about it. Oh, women's sports has been going off this week, and it's it's great to see that happen right as we lead into Halloween weekend. I love a good sporting event into holiday. We do it with Thanksgiving and football. We're doing it with the other kind of football and Halloween weekend. Yeah, and I think that's perfect. big this year. Perfect. So why don't we hop right into this um, NWSL talk? Um, I am not a big soccer person, but when I was prepping for this and kind of diving into women's soccer, it's very it's very fun to watch. I will say that. Um, but our most the most recent game we're gonna recap is the Kansas City Current versus the OL Reign, which we act, we were together for the end at Julia's apartment, and um, it was a two. 2- zero win for the current on the 23rd it was a shutout Alex Lorea and Kristen Hamilton scored goals for Kansas City um so Julia and Maddie I know you guys are both big NWSL um people so what did you think of this game and you know the performances from both teams I was absolutely stunned I mean going into this this season or into this uh, playoff rather O.L. Reign has the closest thing to a super team I've ever seen in the National Women's Soccer League. I mean, just looking at some of their their people on roster, Megan Rapino, obviously a legend, Alana Cook, Jordan Heidema, Rose Lavelle, Jess Fishlock, Sophia Huerta, <coughs> Bethany Balser, and then uh, recently Tobin Heath, who unfortunately, as you guys know, my favorite player, has not been playing, but still worth a mention. It's I, I honestly just cannot believe that Kansas City pulled this out. I mean, looking at Kansas City, they just entered the league last season. And they're in the championship this season. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, they got out to a really early, like, it wasn't an amazing goal, the first one. But it's 1-0 nonetheless. And, and O.L. Reign had their, their chances to, to get back, but didn't. And then in the 60, somewhere in the 60th minute, Kansas City made it 2-0, sealed it up, and, and they're headed to the championship. It's absolutely crazy to think about because when you look at this Kansas City team from last year, they finished dead last. And now they have made such a resurgence in 2022. They are at the peak of what I thought they could be. You bring up the lineup, and it's absolutely exceptional to see this team beat O.L. Reign. 
it's absolutely stacked. I remember seeing Quinn play for Duke in college, a fantastic midfielder. You have Huerta, who's just been amazing for the U.S. women's national team at that spot in the back. And then Rose Lavelle, arguably one of the best players on the U.S. women's national team, in my opinion. Megan Rapinoe can never be overlooked. And then they're playing a team with literally rare any game, rare, rare any names that I've seen before regularly. Uh, French, I've, I've seen in goal numerous times at the international stage. But other than that, this team is almost just indescribable to me to see them pull out this win over O.L. Reign, who, when we talked about them a couple weeks ago, uh, their coaching was incredible. The lineup is incredible. What they've done this season was incredible. But they were chasing this game. This game was never really theirs because Kansas City gets there early with a fourth-minute goal. The OL Reign was aggressive, but they just really could not seal the deal. And Kansas City had them on the ropes the entire time. It's crazy to think that, you know, this was their game. They really came out and gave it all they had. But it's amazing to see kind of this comeback from Kansas City this year. And now they're going to face off against Portland in, you know, very soon this weekend. And it's going to be a big game for them, especially when you see OL Rain do this at home. This was an OL Rain home game with 21,000 fans in attendance, like an attendance record for them. And to have a visiting team come in and upset them just that bad, it's crazy to even think about. You make a couple good points. Uh, first being their roster. I mean, they have the star power. Problem is they haven't been playing. They have their two franchise players and Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams, who are game changers in both their own respects. They're both national team stables, but they haven't. They both have season-ending injuries, and Kansas City did not let that, to say the least, they didn't let that deter them from having a great season there in the championship. And like I said, I was stunned watching this. I, I saw this game on the on the sheet, and I was like, "There's like it's going to be OL Rain in Portland." Like I was getting hyped for that because it's that's a rivalry in itself, but. This is more exciting to me. Kansas City upsetting, making a Cinderella run to the end. And your other point about NWSL attendance, I think it's important to note that the top four most attended playoff games in NWSL history are all from this year. The The culture around how people view women's soccer is changing, and it, it's, it's incredible to see. Yeah, I, I want to say something real quick about that because we were talking the other day about how I went to the inaugural North Carolina Courage game and we were looking at photos of just the transition between now and what it used to be with fan bases and to see the change in these fan bases is absolutely crazy with you know how people have gotten into women's sports as a whole. Yeah and I we're about to go into the Portland Thorns in the Kansas City preview but um, I was watching the Crystal Dunn goal from the Thorns wave game on Saturday uh, Sunday and the crowd reaction from her goal was so insane and I think there was about 22,000 people there so that was just really great to see this huge crowd reaction for a women's sport like that it it was just absolutely awesome and speaking of that the Portland Thorns beat the San Diego Wave in a 2-1 victory on Sunday um Crystal Dunn scored that game-winning goal um, this was a very exciting game, so thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, the crowd reacted insane, and they, they had every right to, not only because it was, you know, obviously the game winner that would send them to the championship, but, but Crystal Dunn. The story behind Crystal Dunn is absolutely incredible. She gave birth 156 days prior to that goal. There, I mean, it's, it's not abnormal to see a, a player take 
more time than that off from even returning. I mean, she had just come back, and to come back and and score the game winner to send her team to the championship, you can't write a better ending than that. And, and credit to San Diego, though, because going up against Portland, who is just always finds themselves in the championship or are up there in that category it's it's daunting and san diego is a is a um, expansion team so you this this whole playoff really has been just surprising to me about new teams showing that that they can they can put together a good team build chemistry quick and and make things happen can't i mean like i said san diego just came in almost unheard of to make it this far credit to, to casey stoney Getting her team this far, uh, coach Manchester United before came to the NWSL, first time coaching in the United States, and and takes her team this this way, and and just shows that Naomi Gurma is the best prospect in the National Women's Soccer League. And I don't know how you feel about this, Maddie. This might be a hot take, but if I'm building a team, I'm picking Naomi Gurma first, and that is including Trinity Rodman. I would agree with that. I remember I said, I think it was back on the inaugural episode, Gurma being left out of that U.S. Women's National Team roster for a couple of those games that they played and lost against Spain and England was outrageous to me. She is obviously one of the best players that they have out there with the young talent. Trinity Rodman being one of them as well, your highest paid player in the NWSL. And she has been absolutely exceptional as well. It, it's incredible to watch her develop as a player when she is just so young. She's 20 years old and doing amazing things out there on the pitch. And I, I want to go back to your point about San Diego being this expansion team, finishing third in the NWSL this insane. year. It's insane. It's unheard of. Uh, the team that has like been built up from this, I, I know Jill Ellis being chairman of the team obviously had some probably effect on this as well, coming from her background with the U.S. Women's National Team, picking out some of these you know core players that you're looking at. You know, your your leading player on this team is Alex Morgan. The rest of the other players, um, I'm honestly was not totally familiar with. Um, but uh, actually, Doniak, I'm familiar with looking at the kind of roster. But definitely, um, and Mia Gao also, I'm also familiar with. But this roster also crazy to look at when you look at these teams and you see it's so comparable to Kansas City and you're going up against to me, the New England Patriots of the NWSL. They are just always there. Like you said, you can never beat them. And they have just such an incredible lineup when you look at them. Sauerbrunn, Klingenberg, uh, Smith. It just It's crazy. That defensive line is so, so strong that it's really tough to break through it. And then you even have that rotation of Crystal Dunn coming in. That that defense is so solid to me. It's one of the best defenses, I think, in the entire league. There's nothing that can change my mind about that. And then when Crystal Dunn comes in, scores that goal, it's absolutely electric. I think, personally, looking down the line with this, Portland just is so consistent every single year. And they will continue to be this consistent because of just the way their lineup has meshed together. You also have Christy Sinclair on the bench. That, that's incredible to have, to me, one of the biggest legends in soccer right now for Canada. Like She is absolutely incredible to watch. And to also be like a founding person on this team is crazy. And Portland, man, has just been such an incredible team it's just interesting to see how they're going to go about this, but this is going to be their fourth time in the championship game. Uh, and they have a two, one record going into it. The last time they were in it, they lost to my home team, <laughs> not to flex. They lost to the courage, subtle flex, <laughs> subtle flex, but yeah, Portland looks dangerous. And, and I think while it was a tough game to me, Portland really did have this one going into it. Absolutely. And I mean, 
not to, to discredit Portland at all, but I mean, it was tied going like it, it looked very well like it could be going into PKs and San Diego could have easily, easily taken that one. Just just to credit San Diego just a little bit more. Yeah. The, the culture they're building out in San Diego is absolutely incredible for women's soccer. I mean, again, not to not to beat a dead horse here, but they are this is their first season in the league and they broke. Like, as I said before, the top four most attended playoff games are all from this year. But number one is San Diego's home opener in the quarterfinals against Chicago with 26,215 people, which is incredible for an inaugural team. And as we're recording this podcast, the NWSL slowly but surely bringing out or announcing all of the the end of year awards. And, And as we record this podcast, two of them have been announced and they're both from San Diego. Kaylin Sheridan just won goalkeeper of the year. Absolutely deserved. Can't say I'm a little can't say I'm not a little salty because she played for Gotham last season. Who would have known? Mm. Who knows what would have happened if she stayed? <laughs> no hate to Ashlyn Harris, but it, it does hurt a little bit to for my home team to be dead last and the goalkeeper that left wins goalkeeper of the year the very next year. And then Casey Stoney just won coach of the year. I mean it's it's incredible. I know they didn't make it all the way to the end, but the fact they made it this far is an absolute absolute testament to where they're headed uh, as as years go on. I'm very excited to see where they go from here. And the the stage is set for the championship and it'll be really interesting. Yeah, one thing I think that was incredible about the Thorns kind of looking in from the outside is um they were highly involved in the Yates report. Um, it revealed a lot about Paul Riley, their former coach. So this goes back to our inaugural episode. You know, this team has faced a lot recently with that. That's very hard. And to see them still in the face of adversity play to this level is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it just it just goes to show how, how strong-willed and, and determined these players are to really – I mean, it's just, it's hard to play in general and to have that, that kind of thing, you know, it's kind of like a, a dark cloud over your head uh, as you're playing. It's, I think it's just a testament even more to, to how much that culture of winning really, really plays part. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing too, Portland is such a soccer city now. When you have both the men and women's team, they have such a good culture there with the fan bases that you really, it's its so welcoming to see how the men's soccer fans welcomed this women's team in so easily. And they have just adapted like their their fan page that they have. They have included women's soccer on there all the time now. They always talk about the Portland Thorns on there with this run. You know, when doing research, that's the first place I go to because these loyal fans really care about this team. And, and when you see that, it's so welcoming when they go through all of this stuff, like the Sally Yates report, you want your fan base to be behind you. And obviously we're seeing these fan bases really rally behind these teams, showing out for these games. I'm going to be interested to see what um, the TV broadcasts look like for this. That's going to be huge. Um, So it's really exciting to see NWSL really take off and really see what's been going on. And, And I think this championship game is going to be absolutely electric. Yeah. So before we move on to our next topic, why don't we go around and give a score and winner prediction for this championship game? Yeah, uh, I've got Portland all the way. I mean, they've been here before. That culture I talked about before helps. I mean, experience really is going to play a huge part here. I mean, you've got veterans, Crystal Dunn, Sinclair, Sauerbrunn, who've all been there before, all won championships. And then you also have Sophia Smith and Morgan Weaver. And and not to I'd feel bad without mentioning Bella Bixby. She's an amazing goalkeeper. I think their their roster is too 
too solid across the board to give up this game. It would be great to see uh, the other team win here because, I mean, it would be incredible to see Kansas City win um, if if I was rooting for a team. Not saying, not sure which team I'm rooting <laughs> for, but but I'm leaning towards wanting Kansas City to win just for the the storyline to really, really, end, really just like end on a really great note because Portland's had their time. But because Portland's had their time, I see them. I see them taking this pretty easily. I'm gonna I'm gonna go either two zero or two one. Yeah, I, I'm kind of riding that wave. Ha 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 ha. A little bit, but at the same time, um, I'm really impressed with this Kansas City team. And I'm going to call back to something. Uh, I made a prediction on Nosebleeds, our other podcast, about the Phillies. No, because I have a point here. I can't <laughs> wait to see how you tie this back in. <laughs> because when the Phillies entered into the wild card, everyone said, oh, you know, like they're hot, but I, I, don't, I can't see them going that far. Here, Kansas City is knocking on the door of this championship, and they are hot still. They come off such a huge win against O.L. Reign, a team I'd never really thought they'd beat, and they're here ready to play Portland. I think this is another Philly situation. I think Kansas City can pull this one out in a closer. I think the only definitive factor really could be that late last-minute substitution for the Thorns. If somebody comes in like a Crystal Dunn last minute again, then they really stand that chance. But... I think the current really could be scrappy with this game and really take it and and really prove that they are a great team as an expansion team and 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 they're an expansion team, correct? Or are they not? Can they were last season? Last season, they and see what they can do and and really put a fight up against the big bad, which is the Portland Thorns. <laughs> and and I think it also is going to be very close. I would say it would be a two-one game. I think it's going to come down to a last-minute goal decider. Okay, so again, kind of an outsider, but. I always love a good little Cinderella story, so I guess I have to go with the current, and Maddie, I agree with you, a team that's hot, and you know, they're coming off a big win like that, just generally, I think that creates a lot of momentum, so again, I think probably a close game, 2-1, the Thorn will face the current on Saturday at 5 in Washington, D.C., but with all that NWSL talk, we're going to move on to Brittany Griner. A Moscow court rejected Brittany Griner's appeal of her nine-year sentence on Thursday. She was initially uh, put into Russian prison due to marijuana possession. And this has kind of been a, a intersection of politics and sports that's created this, you know, Brittany Griner's notoriety has been a huge part of this, and it's just kind of a crazy story, but um, her sentence has been appealed many times, but it's been rejected, so I can't imagine how she feels, so thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. Just to put in, I mean, she was detained February 17th. We're rounding out a year. She's mm-hmm. been in prison, and for, for wrong reasons. I mm-hmm. mean, I think... She said that she accidentally packed the uh, marijuana pin, and I know that's easy to be like, oh, yeah, she, quote, like, for like she accidentally did it. But I don't think people understand, this is not, like, Brittany Griner's first trip to Russia. Mm-hmm. She plays for a Russian basketball team during the offseason of WNBA. For those who don't know, most WNBA players play in the WNBA for the notoriety and to get, like, to get seen because of the, the television and that kind of thing and then during the off season they go play out other places to get money because other places that aren't america really pay women's basketball players and russia is one of the biggest places people go i mean 
uh, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, among others, have also gone to play in Russia during offseason. So this is not a new thing. Brittany Griner, I think she's played overseas just a ton of years. This is not her first rodeo to Russia. So I genuinely believe that she knows, the, like, she. Kn- it's hard for me to believe she really did something intentionally wrong mm-hmm. or intentionally tried to do something illegal because of how many times she's been there. And regardless, uh, it, it goes without saying that the charge is what she's what she's serving right now is is far too much for whatever the charge may be. She I mean, a nine year sentence. It's it's awful, awful to see the W the WNBA Players Association is behind her. They said, quote, this appeals further verification that BG is not just wrongfully but detained. But she is clearly a hostage for the Russian uh, in the Russian prison system. So my my thoughts are I am devastated and she's sh- the United States should be doing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really sad situation to see. And, and I really feel for her family in particular that this is going on. Um, this is really strictly a politics related thing. I, I think it could have been any athlete. It just happened to be Brittany Griner, unfortunately. And it goes back to the crisis we're having now with Ukraine and Russia and, and everything going on there. It's a shame that she got caught up in all of this because, like you mentioned, she's been playing in Russia for so long. She is a a money factor for them. Like, this is purely a political response, in my opinion. And it's a shame. It's really devastating for her family that has not been able to see her. Um, She's going to be spending time in a penal colony where she is going to serve out her term unless the U.S. can negotiate something with her. But it really is a bleak situation. It, it can take weeks to months for anything to happen. And it's been since February 17th and we still have seen nothing. Her career really, to me, I don't know how it's going to bounce back after something like this. Because it, we have to realize that spending this time in prison, no matter what the conditions can be, that's a physical aspect. There's a mental aspect to all of this. She has been alone for these months at a time. No very rare connection with any family or friends. Uh, It's devastating. It's she really can't do much here. And and I can't imagine what it's going to be like to see her finally out of this. But um, she she took ownership when she said she packed him inadvertently. That's all you could have asked for. She didn't try to hide anything. She just completely just missed the mark on it. And she's being punished for it. I think nine years was absolutely too much. some people will say that's Russian law. However, when you look at the past history of her playing, it's hard to then ignore the fact that this is now not related to politics in any sphere. Yeah, I mean, and then under Russian law, technically possession of two grams of marijuana is punishable by fine. That's it. And Griner only had 0.7 grams. So they're obviously using her notoriety as this political pawn. And Maddie, you mentioned how long it's been. We're going to be rounding out a year soon, and Russia probably won't engage in talks for Griner's, you know, the prison swap until after the midterm elections because they don't want to give the Biden administration a victory. So she's just kind of sitting there, and I I can't imagine how, how scary this is. And, you know, we all hope that she'll be sent home soon because, you know, we want she's a fabulous athlete and I would love to see her back on the court. But not only that, just back safe and in a, in a good environment, because that is absolutely terrifying. But um, we're going to move on to 
back to the NWSL, actually, um, Alexis Ohanan, who is Serena Williams' husband, recently said that investing in women's sports is good business. He himself um, invested in an NWSL team, the Angel City FC, if I'm correct. Um, so this is just like a kind of a feel good story about the kind of celebrity endorsements for the NWSL and how that's, you know, really boosted the attendance and and the notoriety of these NWSL teams. Absolutely. I mean, investing in women's sports is, is great. I and mean, we've seen Eli Manning do it. Uh, just looking at the Angel City investors right now, I mean, it's just a list of, I mean, there's a ton of A-listers. I know Jennifer Gardner, Natalie Portman, among others, obviously, uh, Serena Williams' husband, Alexis Ohanian. Um, it is a feel-good story. I, lo- I love to see it. And you look at other pla- it's not even just in L.A. You look at mm-hmm. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and, and Brittany, I think her name is Brittany Mahomes, um, his, his, his wife, both invest in Kansas City. Uh, it is, it's great to see. I, I mean, obviously, as an NWSL supporter, I love to see it. Yeah, I, I think it's really important when you look at Angel City FC, how it's women-led ownership, too. I think that's really huge for the culture. And to see these amazing women, Mia Hamm, Serena Williams, Jessica Chastain, and like you named Jennifer Garner, Natalie Portman, crazy to see all these women come out and support something that maybe they either were never too educated on in the past and wanted to get involved in and support women in another way. That's big. And, and I really appreciated a comment from Ohanian. Women's soccer in particular, I believe, was tremendously under-resourced, under-marketed, undervalued, underappreciated, under-supported, and the list goes on. You see it with the Sally Yates report. The league is underappreciated and underfunded and given, like, under-resourced. So, to have these people come in and really start to fund these programs that can really provide women with better job security, just better overall work in, in the workforce, uh, it's it's huge. And I'm glad that stuff like this is happening because I really would love to see the NWSL become comparable to the MLS and to really be that big level thing because it, right now it has so much potential. The potential is infinite with them. And to see it continue to grow, that's huge. And I'm very excited to see where it can go. Yeah, Ohanian also brought up, you know, beyond just the the people who have the money to invest into these teams, he was talking about how every single time someone buys a jersey or shows up to a game or even just, like, tweets about the match, they're pushing something that they, is bigger than them. It's, you know, because this is something that has ha- kind of had to build from the ground up, um, there's so many different things that we can all do to promote sports like this and you know through through my prep for today's episode I'm like I need to really like invest into the NWSL it's very fun and I all I need is a team all I need is a Gotham team to FC. For. okay it okay. can only go up from here I mean I know I know I mentioned on the other episodes that Gotham FC is was historically terrible last season mm-hmm. but with that being said they can only they can only go up from here. So if there's any time to buy stock in Gotham FC, <laughs> it's now. It's now. Now's the time. Get in. Okay. Okay. I'll be a Gotham. I'm a New York sports girl, so I guess I'll invest in them. Um, but while we wrap up the show, we're going to have our producer Taylor join us for a little Halloween talk. Um, we're going to talk about what costumes we're gonna do what our plans are here at Halloween weekend. It's beginning tomorrow on Thursday. It's going to be 
kind of a five-day thing, I think. But why don't we all go around and share what costumes we're going to do? Taylor, you're a producer. Why don't you start today? Hey, guys, I just sprinted back <laughs> <Taylor>. here. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Um, anyway, so I have two costumes lined up right now that I'm incredibly excited for. So my first one, Wonder Woman. I would just like to shout out Windsor for actually having costumes in so- stock. <laughs> and they shipped ridiculously quickly. So that was awesome. But my second costume, I am so proud of because I came up with it all by myself. I am being Todd Chavez from BoJack Horseman. <laughs> and half of you probably don't even know who that is. But let me just say, it is the greatest animated character of all time. <laughs> I love that man. Anyway, those are my Halloween costumes this week. Thank you. Looking Great costumes. <laughs> Great costumes. Wonder Woman. Very all pro women. Yes, all in. Yes. That's we an all in costume. costume. Love to see it. We do. Women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll go next. I'll share my Halloween costumes. I know I should have brought uh, one of the photos for reference. My parents just sent me a photo the other day. I will be a pirate one of my days. I'm very excited. I bought a little kit on Amazon for everything. And I was a pirate when I was eight. I dressed up as Anne Boney for a school project. Uh, Anne Boney was a pirate, for those who didn't know who she was. But I have a photo, and I should have brought it in today for everybody to look at um, in studio. But, yeah, I'm going to be a pirate as one of my costumes. I'm also going to be a little cowgirl because I am from North Carolina. So I am, you know, going to get my little cowgirl. I have these beer cowboy hats that I'm very excited to wear. It's always a hit on Halloween. And maybe a throwaway costume that I have for a little lazy day. Uh, I think I might be a minion. I have the overalls. I have the yellow t-shirt. It's saying minion. I have a banana. I'm, I think I might be a minion. Oh, I would love that. That would <laughs> yeah. be so fun. I am so upset that I have to follow all this up because, guys, Maddie, I know you know this. I have been, if nothing, lazy about Halloween this year. I am excited to hang out with my friends i'm excited to go out but i have not been excited about figuring out what i'm wearing and thus far i have well, i wish there was like a boo soundtrack in the background because <laughs> I, tr- I thank you thank you i truly <laughs> i deserve it i deserve it i deserve it um but right now all, all i have online is is being a hippie and it's it's not fun it's it's i guess it's a little fun but it's i think it's fun it's it's a co- it's like yeah. a staple costume it like is every, a staple. everybody does it's it every easy. single year it's easy it's fun it's recognizable mm-hmm. i think it'll be a good costume thanks guys and i'm going to to work on that's definitely like day one because anything i figure out, i don't know if i'll be able to buy by the time uh, day one of halloween commences but hopefully i can get on it and and my creative juices can get flowing and i can figure something out but right now all that's on online right now is a is a hippie costume well so for tomorrow the first day of halloween i'm gonna be a fairy kind of basic i feel like it'll be fun though i got those wings you would wear like when you were really little love that Mm -hmm. and then friday night i will not be here because i'm traveling with the football team to go to what some are calling the super bowl what all are calling (laughs) it's fordham super bowl i even mentioned it today on my tour i was like guys the super bowl is going on this weekend Yeah. yeah so i will not be there but i actually think um tomorrow at practice some of us managers are gonna dress up like coach comlin 
So that'll oh, be fun. Pictures, fun. please. Yes, of course. Uh, and then um, I'm going to be a cowboy as well, Maddie. Mm. So, sorry to copy you. But Gosh, darn it. I feel like that'll be pretty popular this year. It definitely will be. Julia, I have an extra cowboy hat. You're more than welcome to be a cowboy yeah, as well. So do I. So do I. Okay, guys. I'm sold. Like, <laughs> I... I, I never ever mention it to anyone ever. No one knows where I'm from. I never I never talk about being from the great state of Tennessee, or the, even the great city of Memphis. So I am a southerner. I'm a. I don't want to say I'm a southerner at heart. I don't want to go in too our blood, far. Though. I don't want to go too far <laughs> here. Um, but embracing my southern roots on Halloween is not something I'm opposed to. Well, and then I yeah I mean, cowboy. It's always a, it's fun. Again, recognizable. I think you should tap into those roots. I just might. And then um, the last costume I have, I literally just bought like cat ears. I'm lazy. It's no, you know what? This is a lazy girl Halloween yeah. this year because I think I'm kind of over buying expensive costumes. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I spent twenty dollars in total on Halloween this year. That's all I needed. Wow. I Impressive. I, I, I know. Yeah. I could not do more money this year because we have so much other things going on. We have formals, like there's events mm-hmm. to go to. Um, you know, like I, I want to do so much stuff that Halloween cost wise, it had to take a backseat this year. Yeah. Yeah, I like a frugal girl Halloween. <laughs> But uh, that'll about wrap up this episode of All In. We have a lot coming up for this Halloween weekend. And, of course, the big NWSL championship match. But this has been Annabelle Watson, Julia Moss, and Maddie Bamonte for All In. Thank you for tuning in.